Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. This is Josh. Hi, everybody. I'm Lee. It's Lee tomorrow. That was great. <laughs> I was invitating you. You're so good. Hi, I, everybody. I nailed that one as these things go. I mean, usually I'm shaking it up and it sounds bad. That one sounded bad. But Do like, it sexy. Let's hear it sexy. Okay. Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair podcast. That sounds like WKRP. <laughs> that might be too sexy. <laughs> Johnny Fever. Was a little, that was like Antonio Banderas sexy right there. So let's jump right into, so way over in Vancouver, on the far off land of Vancouver. Wow. Movie theaters are back open. Our friends at the Rio opened on Friday, the whatever that was, Friday the 3rd. Oh, my God. I have no idea. What is it? Is it the 8th? Sure. Okay. What is it? Yeah, July 8th. Today is Wednesday, July 8th. That's nice. correct. Okay. Yeah. I got that one right for the first time. So on the previous Friday, they opened up. I still forgot to look up exactly how big the Rio is. I think it's about Mayfair size, maybe even smaller. I'm not sure. A lot of the programming they had is stuff we were kind of just toying with like nothing's official but we just said kind of what we would like to show like mm-hmm. maybe do the right thing or jaws empire strikes back empire strikes like back. we say that every week we're like we like to show that and i chatted with lee about this a while ago or a couple weeks ago and it was like oh it's some weird uk thing the disney vault doesn't count there mm-hmm. and then lo and behold today vancouver's getting to screen the empire strikes back it's playing at the port elmsley drive-in Ooh. in smith falls this weekend that's crazy are you man. going no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because you've well, never seen Empire it, Strikes Back in the theater, obviously. They so. got a really shitty movie before it, like Trolls 2 or something. Oh. It's like, you hate your audience? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a terrible lead-in, man. But maybe it's better that Empire's later because it'll be darker, more inside. Because yeah. it doesn't get dark to like, 9, right? I'll be interested That's in what true. they did. Well, so this is the thing. So Disney, I talked to Disney about it. I'm like, what? Empire Strikes Back? But the point I was like, just showing that, or is that a booking? And she's like... Uh, well, this is what's going on with Disney to encourage people to come back to movie theaters. Once a week now, Disney will take a movie out of the vault and make oh, it snap. available. Now, it's nothing we can ask for. They just said, oh, Empire Strikes Back's available this week. And it's only available for the week, and then it's gone. Wow. That's cool and horrible oh, because <laughs> it means that if we're back in a month or two weeks, it's yeah. like, oh, it won't be available. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to get, like, flubber. You just ripped we're Josh's gonna... heart out. <laughs> well, I mean, but they said... That maybe it'll return if it probably makes a lot of money. I like to think people are excited about that on the big screen again. Like, how does Disney put that out? Do they? I don't know. I doubt they have any DCPs of Empire. They're probably just showing Blu-rays. Yeah. I wonder. I'd like to know. But anyway, I didn't get that far because I didn't make a booking. But she said, yeah, once every week now, when, when you reopen, you will getting these news blasts of what's available. Wow. Like, so it's knows? just some random thing. The original Tron. Yeah. The Black Hole. Oh, man. The Black Cauldron. These are all good. Keep saying Black stuff. Black Clansmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of weird, but sure. Yeah, we'll get that too. Did you tell them they should just do this forever? Blackula. That like... Oh, yeah. That's what like, I... Well, I thought that too. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll go really well for them. Like, hey, we're making money not making movies. Make show yeah, movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it will something that hangs out for a little while. Well, people forget too that so many of these movies are far enough removed that there's a ton of people who come to the movies by themselves, like teenagers up. True. Who have never, even with it on something like Disney Plus or whatever, they've never seen it. Or they're nerd enough to want to see it on the big screen. Mm -hmm. And especially that we're not going for sellouts at the moment. That means we only need like 50 nerds in here instead of 300 nerds in here. We still get sellouts, but it's just a very, very small number now. That's really interesting that finally, after all of these years... It took COVID. It took a pandemic. Yeah, to get it for one week and then that's it. But it's a, it's a good little incentive, and, yeah. I, and hopefully it's something that they do carry on past COVID. Like COVID ends like in July. No, uh, sorry, September. <laughs> no, 
January. Wait, what have you yeah. heard? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, they're talking about the vaccine, right? Yeah. So if there's a vaccine and come March, we're all clear. Will movies like Empire Strikes Back be available? We'll see. You know, they also have so many 20th Century Fox titles. They should make oh, movies like Sound of Music maybe become available or Revenge of yeah. the Nerds. Or Alien or Aliens. Revenge of the Nerds. Is or Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds 3. <laughs> Isn't that funny to think that Disney owns <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds? It's weird. I, I don't feel like it was weird when they just announced that they're putting out the Marvel comics for Alien and Predator now. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, that's I forgot that you had that. <laughs> yeah, Re- Revenge of the Nerds doesn't hold up well. Oh, God. <laughs> Air pie? I, like, I like part one. I would like part one and two. Three and four are terrible, but yeah. I like part one and two. The only thing, when I was a kid, I had a horrible experience watching Revenge of the Nerds. Was just, I moved to Ottawa in 1986, and Revenge of the Nerds had come out, was, came out on VHS, and I made my first friend at St. Matthew's, I won't tell you who his name is, and he was kind of a lughead, and he invited me <laughs> over to his house to watch Revenge, Revenge of the Nerds. You want to come over and watch it? So I go over to his house, and we go in his bedroom because there's a VCR and a TV in his room. Nice. It was Classic. pretty exciting. Yeah, huge. Now, his sister was older than us, and she was pretty hot, and <laughs> all of her friends were hot, and they were all over, and oh, they peeked no. in. They all peeked oh, in the no. door on us, and we're, I'm sitting on the floor with this lughead, and she, she goes, what are you guys watching? And they're all looking at us, and my friend says, Revenge of the Nerds, and they said, taking notes, and oh, they all started man. laughing at us, <laughs> and I stopped. I picked better friends. Oh, after man. That um, that's a huge burn though that's a pretty great you can't even be mad at that like that was just great timing <laughs> it's a nice memory but i didn't want to be in that room at that oh moment God. i don't know i kind of like one and two but there's not a lot of nerds in them they're, they're mostly like just one guy's gay and it was yeah. at a time when it wasn't you were pretty closeted so and one guy's a booger eater. yeah because like, yeah booger's not really a nerd like he just was kind of gross i guess but he was not really like, a nerd yeah and then ogre becomes a nerd yeah so he's a bully so there's only really two nerds in the first one. <laughs> oh no, there's there's the guy. There's I think yeah, one other guy comes out and he's a techie. But anyway, because they needed a, a third nerds. nerd. <laughs> like we I only have two. A bit more nerds. It was that weird era where an R-rated movie or a PG movie kind of looked the same. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. in its publicity. Yeah. And I remember watching it, and it was the Wild West with video stores. Nobody cared. Like, you could just go in and rent. I rented horror movies when I was 12, 11 yeah. that I should not have seen that I did. And I remember Revenge of the Nerds. It kind of just looked like it could be Ferris Bueller. It kind of looked like it could be, you know, like like Splash, like yeah, something or, around there. Or Meatballs 4. Yeah, and it was way more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and intense for what it is. That is like, I mean, now it's just kids can tune into anything on a streaming service. But back in those video store days, like just the horror movies I saw, and I remember being 11, 10 years old and being like, I shouldn't be watching this. They called my mom one time <laughs> oh. while I was trying to rent a horror movie, and they were like, is Eric allowed to watch this? And I, of course I wasn't. I was like, thanks a lot, Narc. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I never had that problem. My wife did. She tried to rent Born on the Fourth of July, and they wouldn't let her. <laughs> and they called home, and I'm like, you're lucky. That movie sucks. <laughs> I Honestly, I have Revenge of the Nerds on Blu-ray, but not Born on the Fourth of July, and that's the way it's going to stay. <laughs> that's, that's quite something. Of all movies, that's a weird one to think yeah. that they would call you out on. Or like Platoon or something like that. You'd think it would be like like more risque or something. Not a I war did feel film? bad. But she was like a 15-year-old girl in high school trying to rent Born on the Fourth of July. Like because of Tom Cruise? Let or her. Like, I, I guess they're swearing. I think, I think back then, I mean, the, the R word would... Uh, sorry, the, the F word, sorry, would okay. get to an R rating. 
Like I think the I'm R word would get you the F rating, which is <laughs> lesser known. But, but what is the R word? I oh. I wouldn't know. I'm not familiar with such such like language in Manhattan, myself. In Woody Allen's Manhattan, yeah. Diane Keaton says the F word once. Yeah. And it's R rated. Um, yeah, which is so, weird because you get one later on. You would get one for a PG thirteen, right? You would get one f bomb, and you would get still get it was something like that. Well, PG thirteen, yeah, that was because that didn't exist. That was in the eighties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Revenge of the Nerds, and it was so. What was it? It was Temple of Doom that caused this right. the thirteen PG thirteen thing to happen. But it wasn't Rady Bird. It was the next film. What was the next? Gremlins. Was I thought it, it was gr- yeah, Gremlins in Temple of Doom. Right. Yeah. But then so, I saw Howard the Duck recently, and <laughs> first mistake. Man, that should have been a restricted movie. And I had assumed, I was like, oh, this is probably before that went through. It's only PG. Yeah. But it's not. It's from afterwards. But sometimes a movie just kind of slips through. Because that movie had, like, just weird stuff. Like, Howard working at a bathhouse. And it was, (laughs) for a movie that I went to as a 10-year-old with my dad, and my dad was like, oh, this is the guy who did Star Wars. This will be fine. Yeah. So sometimes a movie just slips through one way or the other. Years later, I remember Army of Darkness was rated R. And really shouldn't have been, but I yeah, think it's it was kind of silly. I think it was just language because there isn't any real like real gore. No, nah. it's Ray Harryhausen skeletons exactly. and stuff. But I believe it was just because there's ten f words in it. I think that's what yeah. got it in our rating. Well, and the plus from Evil Dead One and Two, you know. Yeah, like people just the assume they're like, ah, this is probably the well, same. Well, yeah, thing. the part one is pretty. Yeah. it's an X-rated movie as far as I'm oh, concerned. Yeah. It's so oh, it's so good. Howard the Duck now has a bare-breasted sequence with a duck. a duck. So. Yeah. Breasts with feathers on them might not be warranted in our rating. Right. But you can see her nipples. It's weird. Oh, God. Like, that's that's not. That's a weird sentence. (laughs) I know. Well, like, everything you just said has just really made me question life. I've said that to you before, I feel like, too. But in particular with the duck breasts thing. We showed a 35 millimeter print here, I remember. When we took a Warner Brothers, uh, sorry, Universal Pictures still had a print. We showed a print of it. It probably hadn't been shown since, you know, 1986. Man. There's some of those old prints that we screened. One was, what was it? Not Delta Force. It was the actor who's in Rocky Horror Picture Show. And it's like a cartoony kind of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. movie. He's on like a motorbike flying oh, motorbike. Oh, Megaforce. Megaforce. Yeah, not Delta Force. Megaforce. But I remember we screened that. And it was like the first world premiere screening in 1980, whatever. Not a scratch on it. And my theory was that it flopped so hard so fast. Maybe yeah. there was a bunch of prints that just never got out the door. They were like, oh, <laughs> we opened ne- up. It probably never played Rep House. Exactly, yeah. Oh, my never God. It was drive-ins. It was, it was crazy. A beautiful print. I was thinking about that movie recently because it was made by all the top stuntmen in Hollywood. Like Everyone was, who was a stuntman in Hollywood was in it. And it's directed by the late, great Hal Needham. But I think it's a good testament why stuntmen shouldn't make movies that tell stories <laughs> because they have all these cool cars and laser guns and they have all the best stuntmen in the world and it's completely inept. I mean, it's fun as hell. I love yeah, it. They're like, I love the do you have a script? Yeah. We don't need a script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know that scene in Hooper when the, all the stuntmen go to the bar and they get drunk and just beat each other up because they like beating each other up? Yeah. It's, it's like that was the movie. That was their, yeah. their creative session and... It can work. I was watching one uh, Action USA the other day. Oh, yeah. Another, it was just like kind of similar. It was just like uh, great stunts, all this stuff. You're just like, what the hell's going on in this movie? What's even happening? You're just like, oh, it's all right. Uh, a car is going over a mountain. It's fine. Wait, Action USA or Invasion USA? This one was a- literally called Action USA. Whoa, I don't even know that one. It was so like, there's only like, I think it's only on VHS. There's no DVD, no Blu-ray of it. It was just like a stream somewhere. It was like, well, 
it's fine. It didn't lie about the title. Like it was action. Live action. The Al Adamson Blu-ray box that just came out. Oh, it's so gorgeous. It's 32 of his movies, all 32 restored on blue. No, you know what? It's 30. I think 31 of his movies. No, there's 30 of his movies because I think a few of them are two of them are the same movie, just edited differently. Yeah, yeah. And one's a documentary about. Yeah, that, it's a really good doc. I watched that. It's, so it's pretty fascinating. In every one of his movies, a car goes off a cliff. Is it the same footage every time or just... Sometimes, yes. Actually, <laughs> there's a helicopter that explodes. The same helicopter explodes in three different movies. It's kind of like in Trauma when the car yeah. spins out of the, in the amazing. air. And, it's like yeah. a Wilhelm scream for Al Adamson. He just keeps putting it in well, again and again. No, it just seems cheap because he's not going for last where Does Lloyd it? was. But anyway, it's fun to notice. But the car is going over, and I've been watching Al Adamson here with Andrew every once in a while. Oh, man. Going through them. And, you know, it seems like a fun, easy thing to do for an independent filmmaker. You take a car, you buy it by for a hundred dollars, throw it off a cliff, and I, but I told Andrew I I've been trying to do that for a few years. I can't you can't do that anymore. It's not just so easy to throw a car off a cliff yeah. now, because you have to siphon all the gas out, which is you know still not hard. Put it in neutral and push it because of the environment. Mm -hmm. But you have to get the car out. You can't leave a car anymore at the bottom of a cliff. <laughs> just a ravine somewhere. It's, yeah. <laughs> so the expenses in the car are getting it down the cliff. It's getting that damn thing out. Um, maybe maybe we can in Gatineau somewhere, but then someone's going to find it and then see my movie and they get mad at ah, me. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you almost had it there. I heard a story firsthand that sounds like an urban legend, but the person who told me this story swears it's true is that they were in film school somewhere. I won't go into specificities, just in case. And one of the students filmed a car doing that, going off a cliff, exploding. Very dangerous. Like a bunch of dumb kids did this. <laughs> and the teacher saw it and was like, what is this? How did you do this? And again, this sounds made up, but that the car was a rent-a-wreck, and they just got all the insurance on it, blew it up, and then reported it as stolen. Wow. And my friend swears up and down that he was like in the room and this happened for real and they managed to get away with it. Well, like, that's fraud, right? Yeah. Am like I, it's, I, I that's one of those things that like. You're not supposed to film the fraud. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, admit yeah. to it also is not great, but. Yeah. And, but it just sounds like one of those things that there's so many dummies out there. I'm like, yeah, I believe that happened once. I believe that somebody did that. I thought he was going to get away with it, like, legally somehow. I thought you were going to have a twist ending there. But it's like, nope. no, no, no. He's, he just he's got away with it. Not they were like, what? They rented the car and then phoned it in and were like, my car was stolen. Oh, my God. And then the cops found it at the bottom of a hill. And we're like, oh, we yeah. found your car. Megaforce is exactly the proof you mean. That, you know, stupid things happen once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Huh. At least you got story, that 35 millimeter print, though. I mean, that's the only good thing oh, about that so being nice. a total that disaster. That was 20th Century Fox. They had a print of that. They had nothing. 20th Century Fox was the one cinema, uh, sorry, distributor in Canada. They didn't care about their old prints. And they had that, and they had Suspiria. Okay, well. And they had a, we showed Suspiria twice, and then the last time we showed it, I took it off, like Marcus took it off the projector, yeah. and I literally drove it to the airport, and it went on an international flight to Italy and never came back. Wow, that's spooky, just like Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> the witch, the, the plane, Air Canada. Oh my God, that's crazy. What yeah. an odd combo of two movies. Yeah. Like, like, like Suspiria, I could see, you know, it's a classic, not to say Megaforce isn't a classic, but different kind. But like, why, why Megaforce? Why would they even have that? Like, uh, well, again, movies. they forgot about it. Like, I mean, it, yeah. was, it was, you know, you, I think maybe they notice when they have a 35 millimeter print of 
Sound of Music. Sure. Or, or maybe even Rocky Horror because they, you know, the shows all the time or it's popular. Mm -hmm. But Megaforce, no one's talking about Megaforce except yeah. for Josh and his friends. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's just in a closet somewhere the whole time. And you're like, well. Uh, that happens yeah. though, like recently, I've watched a couple of just weird indie movies and I noticed this logo and this word and it, it caught my brain and it's Saban. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. so these guys used to own Power Rangers mm -hmm. and I don't think they do anymore. Maybe they kind of half own it or something, but now they're starting to do weird independent horror films and stuff. And it's so weird because for 20 years, the only thing they did was Power Rangers and Power Rangers type stuff. So yeah, that's another example of just as weird when a company kind of has kid friendly, weird Japanese action stuff. And weird horror films or international films, highbrow films. Yeah, it makes you feel weird too when you, well, for me, anyways, like as a horror fan, when I see that, I'm like, that's not gonna be good. So, bam, right. what do they know about horror? Apart, like, like horrible kids' shows at best, but beyond that, come on. Wasn't it like in the early days of trauma? Like, they don't do as much anymore, but didn't they used to kind of do a few quote unquote normal movies as well in their distribution? There was the most, the normal movies, I think, were TNA movies. Okay. This is a close like normal Stuck thing. on yeah. you and yeah, there was another one, Stuck on you in first time. Yeah, their normal movies were like Porky's. Porky's ripped off. But not like trauma style of like blood and guts and running around. But Al Adamson and Herschel Gordon Lewis have both made family films. Yeah, that's which yeah, are yeah, like awful. Carnival Magic is yeah, not. unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. And Herschel Gordon Lewis made a Mother Goose movie and oh. just unwatchable. At least you know, when Herschel makes a horror movie, just the good blood and guts. Yeah, yeah. same and, with uh, Lucio Fulci too. Like he has a bunch like westerns and a bunch of like just random stuff. Where you're like, um, all right, well at least you're trying new stuff, you yeah, know. Joe Matto. Joe Matto started making triple X hardcore porno. And we had them at West Coast Video. Big clamshell boxes. And they'd say, Joe D'Amato. His last few films were these really celebrated hardcore porno films that rented. And one was a Western. Wow. <laughs> I know. Of course, I never watched them. Oh, sure. No, no, no. It was <laughs> yeah. just research and titles and whatnot. I just knew whatnot. we had them. That's so, he, he had, I still have them, actually. He had <laughs> like a home. couple alternate director names, too, didn't he, at some yes, point? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I know Don. Yeah, yeah, Vincent Dunn, yeah, because he did. Uh, That's what you should start Robo War it. was one of those, I think. What's yes? <laughs> Which is yeah. Next time I'm on, call me, introduce me as Vincent Dunn. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I mean, jeez, it is. Uh, it seems like a million years ago, but when I worked at, I worked at both West Coast Video and then Rogers Video. Oh wow! And it's really my old man thing because it's it's a profession. It's like what I was chatting about with Marcus and Matthew, our former projectionist, of like you get to be that old guy. I'd be like. I had this job that's extinct. It's like a horse carriage driver or something like that. But when I worked at Rogers Video, and it's so weird because it's like a family company, a chain company, but they had a porn room in the back. Man. And there was three kind of customers for that. There'd be the person who comes in and would just get it. They didn't care. Person come in kind of shy or the person come in who was a serial killer. Like, <laughs> like there was one person who came in and the way the computers were set up, we could kind of have a bit of leeway of getting rid of late charges and stuff, but the little power we had would be like, nice customers, nah, don't worry about it. Other customers, you got to pay. This guy came in with his wife, and you couldn't have scripted it better for like a sitcom scene. He walks in, and I go, oh, you have a late charge here. And he goes, jerk, right away. Yeah. And was like, I don't have a late charge. I never, I brought that back on time. What's the title? <laughs> and the title was something oh, no. I can't repeat because I'm too shy and something Canadian. Something you prefer not to repeat yeah. anyway. But like on a sliding scale of porn, it was six X's. Like it was, <laughs> which, which again, that Roger's video was cool with that. And like the first word out of my mouth was like, 
oh, it's um, quadruple. And he turned white oh and, and was like, oh, oh, of course. And started just like taking money out of his wallet. And throwing it to 20s me. at you. And then she, perfectly naive, goes, what movie was that? What was the title again? <laughs> and he cuts her off. And goes, yeah, goes, it was so Emphasis good. Bust. And I swear they left with their movies with like too much money on the counter. And her going, what movie was that? What movie did we get? He gave you a gift card to Bridgehead. Yeah. Like, and I just imagine like, how far did that go? Oh, wow. Because other people come in and be, you know, they just, oh, whatever, we're buying it. Or they're kind of shy and quiet, you know. Yeah. But this guy was clearly renting stuff on their account, getting late charges for the porn. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stories. And I don't know the end of the story. I want to know if at like a well, dinner that night, she was still like, what movie was that? It still makes more sense to me, though, to go to Rogers or West Coast Video to rent porno. I used to rent porno to the suburbs for a half a decade before Rick's opened. So weird. And when Rick's opened, I thought to myself, this is not going to work. By the way, Rick's is still open in Orleans. Wow. I thought it's not going to work because if you walk out of West Coast Video with a porno in a bag, everyone looks, oh, he must have rent- he could have rented Raiders of the Lost Ark or yeah. Ghostbusters or Who's That Knocking at My Door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, one one. Could, that one could have been a porn, though. <laughs> but then if you walk out of Rick's with a bag, yeah. you're a pervert. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a bag of licorice. He <laughs> doesn't have Ghostbusters. He's going to buy licorice afterwards, maybe, but for now, that's not what it is. Back in the-, the day, there was a Silver Snail comic store, and I was a kid. And then, but I believe right beside it, like right beside it was a, like a magazine shop, an X-rated magazine shop or something like that. And I remember once going to Silver Snail and my like junior high science teacher walking out that door, <laughs> hitting eye contact with me and then you turning and just going the other it's way. Like Grandpa Simpson walking into the burlesque house. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And to be fair, it's like it could have just been, you know, not breaking any laws, whatever. But it was the weirdest. Like, you think it's weird seeing your principal at like the grocery store when you're a kid and you're like, what? You're not supposed to exist outside of this. I remember seeing that. And even at that young age, I was just like, oh, that's going to be weird Monday morning when we're in class together. Oh, no. I met my principal at the urinal at Pig Owls when I was see, in high school. I kind of thought that might be something like that might be coming because that really happened to me, my friend. The first time we ever went to a strip club <laughs> together, our principal was in the men's washroom when we were both there with him. It was like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always weird when you, no matter where it is, whenever you run into someone like that, like a teacher or something like that, but like there even more so because then you're like, ah. I've never been back since. Yeah. <laughs> and that, for that reason. <laughs> when, when I worked, I was in high school working at West Coast Video and we had this big popular adult room. And uh, most of the people who worked there, most of my coworkers were teenage girls who, you know, were sweet and, you know, like normal teenage girls who didn't dare go into that room. Yeah, you <laughs> were, were the restock guy. They were all high school kids who just, like, thought it was so weird. And it was, it was a really weird room. It was disgusting. So I would come after school... The movies would be piled up and, you know, the return on shelves. Yeah, the, the least stack. Yeah, I was the only one who would go in the room to return stuff. The first, like, half hour I got there, I was just returning all yeah. these smutty movies. He's been in there for an hour putting those back. <laughs> I don't know what's taking so I was long. The only one and then kids would wander because there was no door. For, okay, there it is. But there was a, you went around the corner and there was a big thing, don't come in here yeah. if you're under 18. But it wasn't safe to put a door on, barn doors or anything. And so parents would complain sometimes. And enough complain at one point that my boss said to me, Lee, now we have to put stickers on some of the nudity. Mm. Here's a sheet of stickers I want you to use. And I was like, oh, yeah, Lee, you're ruining the podcast. How is, that better? <laughs> How is that better for kids, though, is what I want to know. Like, no, no, I don't know why they thought that that was better. I know, exactly. I want to hear the end of the story, though. I'm not going to Okay, lie. I'll stop the story for a moment. So it goes on. <laughs> 
I took a sheet of those stickers to school once and put them in books in the oh, library. Man. I put them all over the bus. Wouldn't they know instantly who it was, though? Like, it's like the only guy with access to those stickers who would use them at work. I was so likable. I wasn't, yeah. that, I wasn't that guy. But when I worked at this store, that had awful things. Like, suburbs, the suburbs are full of, you know, when, when David Lynch's Blue Velvet starts, you know, you see the suburbs, right. the white picket fences and the firemen, and then you go underneath the grass, you yeah. see all the worms. And that was West Coast video. <laughs> the customers were the worms or the, the No, employees? no, just, uh, just that room, actually. <laughs> just, just that Specifically. one room. I mean, I have a lot of good memories of West Coast Video. I'm not trying to put it down or anything like that. Oh, no. And it was fun working there. Yeah, I, well, I worked at Video Flicks, and like, I like that we all had that job. You Which know, one? Like, uh, well, in Perry Sound, where I'm from. So it didn't. What were some of the new releases? Oh, and see, what's funny that you say that is that I also worked at one called Just New Real Leases, like with the two E's. Say that again. Just New Releases, right. but Real Leases. I huh. worked there first. There was two video stores in town. I worked at both of them. And yeah, was, and I worked for this great German guy at Videoflix. And the two funny stories about that are the one was that there was a guy, I don't want to keep getting back to the porno room, but <laughs> there was an old man who would come in and he would like, he was known to the owner, just like super old, like probably 80s. And he would come in and he would get a bag full of, of tapes like once a week and he'd rent them for a week and then he would come back he would struggle back and he return them and take them and like and his name was herbert i think and, he, and my boss would always be like hi herbert and he would come in <laughs> and like and every time and i was always like like does he just watch like he's so old i don't Herbert's understand a really this. good name to describe this person i know well, and then and the, the german boss was incredible he was one of the best funniest guys the, the other story was it was very similar it was like he's like clerks where he's placing the order but like a german guy doing that and so he would just straight face he's reading off all these names i won't read and I'm just like, wow, he's just, he's just total pro. He's just reading these all off. Like this is, it was a weird, like, cause I was a teenager too. Like I was in my late teens and I was like, this is an experience working for this guy. <laughs> so if you've got a new release, say yeah. Shattered or Dead Again or Hook. <laughs> what, what, it wasn't 1991, but go on. But if a new release came out, how long would it be? You're, since you're just new releases, how long before you got rid of these titles? Great question. Because <laughs> there would, I think there was a side section that was like, kind of like older ones, but their thing was they would just put them in the for sale bin after the uh. after but it was like a while because i remember like a new release was there for like six months at least maybe longer when and i like, started one vhs cassette cost a hundred dollars yeah same here yeah 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 so that's that crazy what, yeah it was weird because then people would be like oh it can't be that much to replace if they break a thing you're like oh wow. i remember being excited about laserdisc because they were 75 dollars and seemed cheap yeah <laughs> I, I just i think when i was a kid yeah i think the first time i heard that and, and then and then when you got to stuff like jurassic park or whatever when it started to be 20 bucks or whatever a reasonable amount Amount was and it seemed like this world-altering thing where you're like oh my god i remember when it was a hundred dollars like we would just get one copy of a new release yeah because that's all we could afford but then when hook came out and all of <laughs> home alone oh yeah and these films were now 30 dollars 29.99 we would get 10 and then 30 and my boss would go crazy and get he got 100 home alones and one day wow. they all rented yeah because they had the sell-through stuff i remember too and they had those big catalogs that would have like oh, all the new stuff coming video out video one was yeah yeah i've loved those I it was, it was like the wish my, book basically i still have a lot of mine i threw a lot out but yeah i mean it's, it's a lot of them weren't great and you get you see a pattern after a while where you're like ah this isn't gonna be a good zombie movie direct from someone i've never heard of but did uh, you ever get the event the screeners yeah oh yeah we loved those there was one called Perfect Weapon, and it had a counter inside, and you could only watch it five times. Every time you watch it, click. Wow. Re you rewound it. It would only, and then after the fifth, it would lock inside. And it would self-destruct, like some sort of, like, uh, well, Agent 99 type I thing? I had a lot of staff, and they more wanted to see it, so I knew how to open it up and take out the mechanism. Oh, man. 
<laughs> this is crazy. Do <laughs> you ever this open is... a VHS cassette? They're really hard to put back together. I mean, I've opened one, but I never put it back together. That's why I opened it. I was like, I don't have to put this back. <laughs> 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 Look at these spools. It's so fun. Yeah. And we got off topic. This is your fault having Leon, and then we get talking about <laughs> <laughs> porno tapes and such. <laughs> That sounds horrible. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about Tron 3, but here we are. Tron 3 is not even real. I know. <laughs> Maybe it's not real. I don't know. What are you talking about? The internet, Twitter specifically, was super trending with Tron 3. Today? Today or like yesterday? Like the last couple of days, yeah. But the horrible thing with the internet is that... Of the one. The, the one, one horrible thing internet is it lies to me about Tron 3. <laughs> is that somebody goes Tron 3, and then it just domino effects. It starts trending. You can't backpedal far enough to find out where it trended from. And people are freaking out. Then the legit media picks it up. So it's like, you know, whoever, Entertainment Weekly, The Ottawa Citizen, whoever, going, Tron 3 is coming. The Andrew of the Point Times. <laughs> then a few actual journalists came out and were like, guys, we've contacted the filmmakers. We, we can't find any legit, <laughs> like, this just started. So now people are like, Tron 3, Tron 3. And it's like, <laughs> there's no news. Yeah. Like, now they're like, <laughs> they canceled Tron 3? Like, no, it was never a thing. And then it, something else happened recently where because... It's kind of fun, like San Diego Comic-Con is basically doing an at-home edition. So there's going to be lots of panels you could watch and Q&As you can do and merch, but it's just an at-home edition. And there's all these DC Comics things happening with all these rumors of what they're going to announce. And they were like, oh, they're going to have the trailer for The Suicide Squad. And everyone's freaking out. And then James Gunn hops onto the feed, the director of the movie, and goes, <laughs> uh, no, they're not. <laughs> so it's like, it's just so funny now that that rumor can spread so fast thanks to nerds getting overexcited yeah but jackie it, chan is dead what those kind of things <laughs> oh man and yeah. they had to hold up the newspaper one. who was the most recent celebrity they had to hold up the paper that he wasn't dead or she was this is dead. a little while ago but not that long ago but in his elder years i remember like leonard nimoy and then he was like I i'm not dead oh yeah he died a few times he died a few times yeah, like, yeah. that's weird and christopher lee too i think he he died but wasn't dead and then he did die I believe. and then it's like never cry wolf and they die and you're like no it's not true it's weird like carl reiner died at 98 and i'm like well that's a pretty damn good run are we sad like and carl reiner it's like he was doing stuff right up to the end yeah i think he's still got a book to come out you know he's still got a movie to come out that he acted in or yeah. whatever i feel less sad about those guys like when you're yeah. like in your mid 90s i'm like okay i mean and yeah. his last Last Twitter run. post was he and Mel Brooks in bed wearing Black Lives Matter shirt. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good end. So let's mention a couple of actual Mayfair-related things. Oh, wow. Yeah. We have another 36 Chambers movie coming up. It's a more recent film called Fury. Oh, yeah. I that, didn't realize it was 36 Chambers. That's this. a good one. And the Did star... No, I haven't. I have it. I won a copy. I haven't watched it yet. The star is Rose's big sister from The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. And oh, I didn't like realize she's who, like a big star, a big Asian superstar kind of thing. Like so. who... who uh, like, spoiler, I guess, who dies she's in the, the first 10 minutes? The button. Yeah. The, okay. The, the bombardier. Like the bomb. We've all... I mean, the world's seen and... <laughs> How dare you spoil that <laughs> billion-dollar like, movie from three years ago? Uh, yeah, she was great in that 10 minutes. No, but, I know. She has a great close-up. Uh, yeah. I love that close-up. That's such God. The Last Jedi is such a good movie, and I don't even oh, care. Such a good, I don't even care. All man. three of us here are on the same boat. <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Everyone Pro. in the theater right now loves that movie. So. Yeah. But so yeah, that's another Thirty Six Chambers one, and it has audio commentary going with it. And what I like about it is kind of neat. Is it's a rare thing now of it's actually tune in Q and A live. Mm. It's kind of it's a rare thing nowadays where everything's you can watch whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a neat thing. And then the other thing is. We booked another Mayfair virtual movie. It's the new Adam Agoyan film. Ooh. And what is it called? Mm. 
You don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute. I was thinking uh, that. I was like, I hope Josh remembers the title. Is it The, the Sweet Hereafter? <laughs> can you pause it? I mean, I pause the recording. Yeah, I can cut all this Actually, out. Actually, he can. They're going in. I didn't even know I he had, had a new I, film. I watched it. I can't remember the title. You've already seen it? Yeah, Guest of Honor. Guest of David Honor. David Thewlis stars in Guest of Honor. And David Hewlett? David Thewlis. Oh, okay. I like David Hewlett, too. David, David Thewlis. Yeah, from Pin, you know, Pin's David Hewlett. Have you seen David Thewlis in Naked? Uh, Naked's one of the best films of the 90s. I don't think so. I haven't seen him naked. I haven't seen the movie Naked with him in it. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're great. I'm a little bummed <laughs> that neither of them are David Hewlett's pin, but... Adam McGoyan is a fantastic filmmaker. I oh, like yeah. all his new stuff, too. Yeah, this Remember one... Remember and Captive. This one was a nominee at TIFF and Venice Film Fest, so it's already got... When did that happen? Like, last year, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah it does. It's a brand new film. It stars David Thewlis, Luke Wilson... And he plays like a an inspector, a restaurant inspector. He inspects restaurants for like health stuff, feces, and yeah, <laughs> good, health good stuff. stuff. Yeah, health stuff. His daughter is his high school teacher who's in jail because she had sexual advances towards one of her students, mm. which was inappropriate. But there's something else going on there. Ah, it's really, um, really fun. It's really Canadian in a way. Some Canadian films can really get really weird with the with a sort of perverseness, but uh, yeah. it's it's stellar. Atham O'Goyne never dipped. He he uh, he always just sort of said cons- uh, consistent filmmaker. Yeah. I noticed it was Canadian because it has the Canadian U in mm. the word, <laughs> like yeah. guest of honor. Guest of honor, Man. yeah. David Thewlis is fantastic. I remember David Thewlis was on a roll. He was in so many good movies in the early 90s, and then he was in Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, oh yeah. And I thought, oh, you're, you're too good for this that, movie, That sir. derailed only his career. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. He was in Toronto making that movie. I would have loved him been in Toronto to meet him. Naked's fantastic. Na- do you know Naked? The, the, it's the I Mike saw it ages film. ago. I know the cover. I don't think I've actually seen it. The, yeah, the, that had the best Laserdisc cover, the Criterion Laserdisc for cover for Naked. He, he plays a, he's a homeless man. And he theorizes about the end of the world with people and and government conspiracies. Mm. And there's one whole thing he goes on about how, you know, in Revelations, the Mark of the Beast, being 666, that says that before the end of the world, everyone will have it either tattooed on their head, 666, the Mark of the Beast will be on the head of a human being or on the wrist. And now they're talking about how we're going to be paying for things with barcodes. Mm. That in the future, we'll be paying with barcodes. And they're thinking about tattooing barcodes on your wrist. And every barcode, look it up, has three sixes in them. No matter what. And he goes on about it. And I don't, you know, whether you believe it or not, it's just haunting to listen to the way how passionate he is about that. So the Laserdisc cover for the Criterion Laserdisc was a barcode. And it had these circles around the sixes inside the barcode. And I was like, oh, that's chilling. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Now I need to watch that. So it's just basically Caveman's Valentine meets Conspiracy Theory. That's what I'm taking from this. (laughs) You sound like a cutscene from The Player. (laughs) (laughs) Or Swimming with Sharks. I'm the the worst version of The Player. It's better than all those things. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And in-house here, we've got caution tape up all over the chairs. true. So we have 90-something cool. seats available at the moment. Set. It does look like a film set. Because the theory is, and we don't know, but the theory is that we'll get to do a 50-seat auditorium, possibly. So if that is true, then we're good to go. And not show The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and yeah, not show oh. this will be awesome. We didn't know that part until today. So heartbreaking. But and you know what? I imagine them Star Wars is okay, Star Wars next, and Return of the Jedi after that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then you open right after that. <laughs> They're like, well, sorry, guys. You can have the Ewoks. <laughs> oh, God. A <laughs> couple episodes of the done. Ewoks. No, can we show the Ewok TV movie? Sure. Yeah. Uh, the Caravan of Courage, please. That would be amazing if that's one of the ones they pick at random. They're like, yeah, now nah, we're doing this. And, like, and you'll pay. We so, know you'll pay. So I was about 
about this, I was thinking to myself, like, there are 35 millimeter prints of those movies because they played theatrically in Germany. Oh, but they right. just, there was news on Twitter or something this morning uh, that they, you know, the Turkish Star Wars movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like it's such a crappy VHS yes, cop. So they found a print. The only, there's apparently there's a print now and they're going to be able to do a 2K restoration oh of God. the Star Wars ripoff, which sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, like I can't even but imagine. But can they yeah, do see, that? That's <laughs> like, kind of... Oh, oh will Disney allow that kind of thing? Well, it's a ripoff of Star Wars. I don't... Does it count as parody? I think that... Uh, <laughs> no, actually. I, mean, I wouldn't... <laughs> if, I, if I was on the jury right now, I'd say, no, it doesn't. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it can get somewhere really somewhere like in Iceland or something, and then they can leak out the Blu-ray. That's yeah. That's that's what we're waiting for. Because I, mean, I thought it had some footage from Star Wars in it. Oh, pro- I think all the like the ships and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And the like, music from from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like Spaceballs. It's I like <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe maybe it can't come out. Because didn't Turkish Spider-Man <laughs> actually play in Toronto or something? They might have got in big trouble for it. But I thought sometime in the last like five years yeah. it actually played somewhere. We had Spider-Man, the TV series. That was so good. And we had a theatrical poster, and we had a print of it. Yeah, Man, I had the yeah, VHS that of that, I think. Like when that came, but I think I it was like VHS, two episodes. I still have a VHS of that. I, I'm, I think mine's in my closet. I was I smart enough not to throw kid. that out. That Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man, Captain America, the Hulk when I was a kid because it was on TV. Wonder Woman. My dad liked watching Wonder Woman with me a lot. That's, I, I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I I love, there's so many dad stories like that. Of, I have 16mm prints of Wonder Woman. I have four episodes Man, in 16mm. That's this cool. is fun to show. Random thing to have. I mean, I know. My VHS was good. I just like that his web slinging was just a rope. Like it's just yes, like a big is. rope. He pulls up like the car <laughs> thing and lets it go and it's just clearly a piece of rope. You're like, Wow, that's uh, that's yeah. really good. And that guy who played Spider-Man, he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What? Wow. He plays the he plays the director who's made the director within the film. You know the cowboy movie they're yeah. making. Yeah. Really? He's the director, and that's Spider-Man. Is it because <laughs> Quentin Tarantino liked Spider-Man? Tarantino likes a lot of weird things. Yes. Like he likes Al Adamson films, and there's a lot of Al Adamson actors yeah. in his movies. Mighty Peking yeah, Man. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, he liked Spider-Man. Or maybe he, there was something else this character actor was in, and one little thing would ask him, you know, get him to ask him to be in the movie. Yeah. You know, if Martin Cove was in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I think, the, you know, the movie's about washed-up movie stars, yeah, right? True. And so he packed it with a lot of, you know, character actors who you might not have seen in a long, long time. That is cool. That's honestly one of the best things about Tarantino is just, like, I respect, because I love, and, like, all of us love a lot of random kind of uh, crappy movies pretty much and it's like there's all these people where you're like that guy was actually great you know it'd be cool to pluck him out Travolta style or whatever but like way more obscure than him clearly Travolta deserves better again he's in a bad spot yeah he, he was good What's in that the new uh, movie Die Hurt you oh, see the trailer for Die Hurt was that Die Hurt Die Hurt Hart, Kevin Hart is as his act. It was going to be a series, and oh. they turned the pilot into a movie now. And he he wants to be an action hero, and he goes to John Travolta, who trains him to be an action hero. What? No, I didn't. I, <laughs> but when keeps... it's been a long time since John Travolta did that O.J. Simpson TV miniseries, yeah, that's he got a lot say. of praise there. That, yeah. But before that, like what? It, it was the good old days, right? It was yeah. like Get Shorty and Face Off. Like, like, like General's daughter was... <laughs> good old days. I'm talking about the 70s. Well, no, that, but I mean, that's what, yeah, that, like 30 years ago now. Like it's, it's, been a, he, it's been a while since he's done anything. Yeah, because yeah. he was in like Basic with Samuel Jackson. Like that was... I'm trying to think of the last couple like big ones or like the Get Shorty, uh, like Sequel? Be Cool. Like he Be was in cool. Be Cool, I think. And, uh, that's, I wish that was a better film. I know. I really like Get Shorty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rock was pretty good in it. The Rock, it, that's my favorite role of yeah. his. Yeah. Genuinely hate him. I love him and be cool. But like every time Tarantino does a movie, Travolta must be so heartbroken that he's not in it. Like especially 
Hollywood, you would think there would have been some part in there that he could have had three lines. Well, maybe, uh, but yeah. maybe Travolta's saying no to it. Maybe Travolta doesn't want to f- seem like that. You know, I want a leading role all the time. You know, he doesn't want to play, but maybe, you know. He's happy being in the Netflix, direct-to-Netflix stuff now. Like whatever, chasing lines. What was the one he something. made recently? Directed by that rock star. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, the, oh yeah. Uh, the the fan, not the fan. The fanatic. The fanatic. Fanatic. That the, was really fun. That was an entertaining film. I couldn't stop. I couldn't take my eyes off him. I didn't want to blink. I was so, I was so glued to the movie. Uh, I, I thought it would do better. Agree. Yeah, I fully agree. Like, People yeah. hated it, and then no one saw it. It was well. And that's the thing. Like with the, a lot of these, you just run with the premise. You know, people are like, "Oh, that's well, that's offensive. Fred that's bad." Fred Durst directed it. Yeah, yeah. Fred Durst and, there's and Devin scene. Sawa, teen heartthrob. And what's his band? Uh, Fred Limp Bizkit. So there's a Limp Bizkit song. Yeah. In the car. Yeah. He's driving and they're singing along. With and it. Devin Sawa's <laughs> like, "Yo, this is the good stuff from back in the day," or something like that. You're like, "Okay, this movie like, jumped the shark in the first yeah. two minutes." Stay. Don't leave Travolta, please. Yeah. I remember reading that their biggest misstep is that they really pushed that movie to nerds like at comic conventions Fan and stuff Expo. and then nerds watched it and were just offended because it just makes nerds look like oh, psychopaths that yeah. makes sense. so they thought that this was going to be their big thing everyone's going to embrace it and be like just, oh this is a cool dark movie and yeah. instead all the geeks yeah. and nerds went i'm not going to pay for that i'm not going to say something nice about that and that's what tanked it's it like really. trying to promote deliverance to people who like to ride take canoe rides yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's a bit of a misstep or banjo players you're like you'll love it it's great Fred Durst. Anyway, yeah, I was at Fan Expo, and my son and I got to meet John Travolta, which was really nice. And he was promoting Fanatic, oh. and I turned to him. I said, "Oh, that trailer is great. The movie looks so good." And he goes, "It's." He's, he looked at me. He looked up in there. It's awesome, dude. It's awesome. And I was so excited for him and oh. the movie. Think about when I see people crapping on it online. I yeah. just think about all oh, poor, poor. I really poor. think Travolta yeah. thought this was yeah. another Oscar nomination, yeah. and everybody else in the world was or like, at least a maybe Golden not. Globe. Like, <laughs> give me a globe at least. No, it's too. I, I, yeah, not enough people saw it, and like, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say it's a good movie, but like, it's very entertaining, and and they all tried. Like Devin Sawa and Travolta, like they were trying. It's like not like what like what Robert Downey Jr. told Ben Stiller in in uh, Tropic Thunder. Don't go full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's our, where he went. Yeah, yeah. There's the R word. We brought we're it we're back for, for the F rating. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Yes. Okay, so we're going to wrap things up because we're already at 45 minutes. Wow, wow. Yep. So stay tuned. We don't have any news right now. We're like everybody. Like, there'll be a press conference on Monday morning, and they'll say, cinemas can reopen, but we don't know any secret information. But, uh, yeah, we're getting ready with the candy bar and the seats and... We got this cool Ghostbuster backpack oh. today that we can... What? We you can, should have seen Josh earlier. It's really neat. Oh, man. And it, we can clean this place in five seconds. Just run up and down the aisles, zapping. <laughs> Maybe take a little more time, but... It's Two still. seconds. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Keep in touch with us on social media. As soon as we have news, you will have news. And thanks for all the kind words. It's been so nice. It's, it's social media, internet at its best, is Mayfair fans saying nice things about us. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, that's been very kind. Even today posted a picture of just the candy bar and people saying like oh i'm gonna cry because they miss us so much so that's very nice if you're missing us and looking for movies to watch there's still a bunch of movies on our virtual cinema and our friends across the street at targ they're just kind of open on weekends now so you can go in there whenever you want and grab pierogies and grab t-shirts mm. same with black scroll books you could pre-order books so the neighborhood is tiptoeing back towards normalcy and uh, we'll be back screening movies as soon as we can yay <laughs> yeah, I'm very That's passionate. The sound of one person excited about that. Idea. I thought he's like you've mentally checked out already. Yeah. So I gotta say, hey. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you soon back at the Mayfair. 
as soon as humanly possible. Bye. Bye. Thank you for your time. I can't wait till they give us the Star Wars holiday special for our one week. That'll be for Christmas. From the director who brought you Smokey and the Bandit, Hooper, Cannonball Run, comes the ultimate spectacle. Megaforce, an elite compact fighting unit armed with the most sophisticated weapons ever seen on a movie screen. The mission to preserve freedom and justice and battle the forces of evil. The good guys always win. Even in the 80s. Megaforce.